Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. We're continuing our series of podcasts called Shields Up. In Shields Up, we want to talk about how we can fight the devil, fight against his schemes and his wiles against Christians. And we have this ancient foe who's been fighting Christians for generations, and he's not going to give up until the end. He wants to hurt us and take away our joy and our security. He wants to pull us away from Christ and everything that Christ offers. So we want to do what we can to combat him. And so we've been doing this you know, several week long series called Shields Up, where we seek to put our shield up, a shield of faith, and combat what the devil might throw against us. And so usually what we do is we take this past Sunday sermon and we elaborate on that and then talk about how we can actually combat what the devil may try to do. In this past Sunday sermon, we were in 1 Peter chapter 2, talking about submission to authority towards the end of the chapter and how that Christians can give up their rights. Christians can submit to the rulers and the laws of the land because we are free and because we are victors. And it sounds like the opposite of what would happen uh, if you were free and a victor. It sounds like if you were free, if you were truly free and truly on the winning team, then you would be the one getting everything. But it's kind of the opposite with God. He wants you to submit. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to give away your rights for Christ's sake because you're free and because you're a victor. And that's what we want to explore a little bit today. How the devil tries to turn the tables on us and make us think that freedom and victory are there for very different reasons. I don't know if you've ever felt trapped or suffocated by something. I'm a person that really does not like to get sick. Uh, When I get sick, I just feel miserable. I just feel like I'm not useful. And so when I come out of a sickness, I feel very liberated. It's a very freeing thing coming out of a sickness and feel like you can do things again. You can live your life again. People can count on you again. And winter's kind of that way. Winter brings a lot of sickness. And although I like the cold, I really don't like the sickness that it brings to me and my family. But when my family comes out of a, a long cold or a long flu bug season and we, we start to feel good again, it's very liberating. And we want to do things. As soon as we're healthy, we want to get out. We want to explore the world. Uh, we want to do things that a normal family of our size and age just uh, does not usually do because we feel like we're free again. We feel like we don't have the germs. We're not trapped inside. And so we feel like we want to go and, and do something. The devil is so crafty. He tries to make freedom and victory all about us because his goal is to get us to hurt Christ, to hurt God and to actually hurt ourselves by living for things that simply don't matter. Things that aren't going to last into eternity, things that aren't going to bless our God. And so what he wants to do is he just simply wants to change the definition of things or, or the practical sense of things that God has given us. And I'll help you understand what I'm talking about because victory and freedom are very much like that. We live in a free country. We love that we live in a free country. We are not enslaved to certain ideals and certain kings and things like that and the way they want us to live. We can make our own choices. We can have our own religions, at least to some degree. And that's a good thing because freedom is a good thing. But I think, at least in my life, there was a time in my life where I thought freedom was all about me. I wanted to be saved from my sin. I didn't want to go to hell. I considered not going to hell a part of freedom. So I definitely wanted to have that freedom in my life. So I believe I trusted in Jesus Christ because I didn't want to pay for my sins. I wanted the freedom of not paying for my sins. And so Christ was very attractive to me. But what was the problem for my sake is that I was living selfishly. Since I was free from sin, free from the devil, that I was free to live any way that I wanted. And that's very devilish. The devil wants us to take freedom and use it for ourselves. Because that's what freedom means to us, right? I mean, if you're free, you're your own master. You live your own way, you make your own choices, and you don't have a boss. Right? Isn't everybody's dream to have a job where they don't really have a boss? You kind of make up your own rules and your own hours, and you do with your time what you want to do with your time? That seems incredibly liberating to people. The problem is is that the devil is throwing a cloak over our eyes, because that kind of freedom isn't real freedom. I want to discuss how it's not real freedom. 
And we need to put our shields up and remember what real freedom is because it says in verse 16 of 1 Peter 2, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So you could tell that even Peter is understanding there's a freedom that actually causes you to be a servant in a good way. But this idea that the devil has mixed us up in is that freedom is, is very self-focused. When I was in my early 20s, I believed that I was free and that was a good place to be. You know, at least for the flesh, I uh, made my own rules. I made my own bedtime. I worked where I wanted. I was friends with who I wanted. I drove where I wanted. And I was my own boss. I was my own ruler. And it felt very liberating. It's kind of what everybody wants on the earth, right? To make your own rules and be your own person. The problem is that I was actually feeling quite miserable during that time in my life. I was making my own rules. I was living my own way. I don't think I went to very bad areas in my life. You know, I, I, I had a conscience that was keeping me from really bad sins. But I was exploring sins and I was exploring certain ways to find joy and pleasure upon this earth because I felt that's what freedom is. Freedom is to get as much joy and pleasure as you can out of this life. The ironic part is that I was not feeling pleasure and joy. Not generally. When you sin, you get a little bit of pleasure during the time, during the moment, but then it fades. And all you feel after that is regret. And that's exactly what I was experiencing. I considered myself free, and I even considered myself free from the penalty of sin, although I was sinning by practice. I had a bad perversion of a doctrine that convinced me that even though I was continuing to sin, I wasn't going to face the consequences for that sin. And that is not what the Bible puts forward. The Bible puts forward that we are free from sin, and therefore free from the consequences of sin, because we don't practice the sin any longer. But that's not really my intent to talk about. I want to talk about how the fact that I was living still enslaved, enslaved to my flesh, enslaved to my sin. And although I thought I was free and I thought I was making my own choices, I still belong to the devil. And when you belong to the devil and live the devil's way, there are bad fruits hanging upon your tree. And God has designed it that way so that you and I can tell by looking at our life if we're actually living the correct way or not. And the things that I was producing in my life during that time were bad fruits. I didn't have a purpose. I was living free, at least I thought I was, but I didn't have a purpose. And that began to frustrate me because I felt like, you know, I was living for pleasure and desires and I had freedom. I had full access to whatever I wanted, but at the same time, I didn't have a purpose. And that was very frustrating to me. And that began to grow and fester in my life. The fact that I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a family. I didn't find my career. I didn't have a niche or a purpose on this earth. And so I felt very frustrated by that. I also didn't have treasures that lasted. I told you about sin. Sin lasts for a moment. The treasure of sin, the joy of sin, were only very momentary things. So although I convinced myself that I was free and I could have joy and pleasure whenever I wanted, what I didn't have was lasting treasures and lasting joy. And I knew that because every time I, I, I sought out sin to satisfy some urge that I had, it was only moments, minutes, hours later before I needed to get that fix, that feeling again. That meant that I wasn't free. I wasn't free because I was living for something that couldn't satisfy. That's not a feeling of freedom. I also wasn't experiencing the joy of security of eternal life. I just wasn't. There was a part in me that knew that the way that I was living was not pleasing to God, and that was problematic. And I really didn't know how to answer that because I believed that all my sins were forgiven, even though I continued to do them day after day, day after day. But there was a part of me that knew this isn't the system God has set up. And I didn't really want to explore that too much because I knew that if I explored it, I was going to have to give up my sin. And I didn't really want to give up my sin. Not at that time, not till a couple of years later. But I, I didn't have a clear conscience. There was a part of me that kept clawing at my conscience that said, this isn't right, Todd. This isn't good. This isn't freedom. Continuing to sin and continuing to feel regret and continuing to have a stained conscience is not freedom. It doesn't feel liberating. 
But I kept convincing myself, or maybe the devil kept convincing me that I was free. Because again, you can make your own choices, you're your own boss. But I wasn't finding a purpose. I didn't have lasting joy and treasures. I didn't have a clear conscience. And I wasn't exploring what it meant to have true eternal life with God because of that lack of clear conscience. And the last thing I wasn't doing is I wasn't serving my creator. I wasn't doing the very thing that I was created to do, and that is not freedom. It's not freedom to have a perverted lifestyle. God created us to serve him, to glorify him, and we were created to do that. And when we're doing that, we feel at peace. We have joy. We feel good. We feel like we're doing exactly what we should be doing. The purpose is there. But when we're not serving God, we don't have that purpose. We don't have that conscience. We don't have that joy because we're not serving our creator. So there I was in my early 20s, convinced that I was free and my own master, but feeling very miserable about my life. And the ironic part is that I wasn't free whatsoever. And that's where Peter says in verse 16, live as people who are free, but not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God, because that is freedom. True freedom is not living for evil. That's not freedom. When you live for evil, you hurt yourself eternally and you hurt your God, the one who created you to love him and to serve him and to find your satisfaction in him. So Peter says, be careful, be careful not to step into the trap of the devil that freedom is all about you, all about your flesh. It's not. It's about living for the reason God created you. Because when you do, you find all those things that God created for your body to feel, joy and peace and security and a clear conscience. And when you don't have those things, when you're not serving God, all of those things can go away. And that's a really bad place to be. The other thing that I believe we find here in First Peter is this idea of victory. And we've actually titled the theme of our study through First Peter, Fighting is Victors. Victory is all over First Peter. It's, it's like Peter wants us to know that we're already victors. Because he wants us to have confidence and courage to live the way God has called us to live. Because if we know that we're victors, we're going to have confidence. We're going to live boldly. To give you a couple examples of that, um, as I thought about this, imagine if you one day, for whatever reason, won the lottery, won a huge sum of money. I mean, a life-changing sum of money, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars even, was in your bank account all of a sudden. The things that once were valuable to you, furniture pieces, tables, things, couches, and things like that, that that's all you had. You didn't want your kids to mess them up and spill on them because you don't have another couch. This is your couch. Uh, like we have, we have like a, let's see, a five-year-old, six-year-old couch and it's our couch. And so we don't want the children to, to mess on it. We don't want them to spill on it. <laughs> but if we got a huge sum of money and just had basically endless money, money to do with whatever we wanted, we wouldn't concern ourselves any longer with our furniture our budget furniture, our budget things that we have in our house, the things that we went online to buy that was used and hand-me-downs, the things that were passed to us from other families. Those things right now are very important to us because practically they help us. But if we had an endless supply of money, you know what we would probably do with that stuff? We'd probably find someone to give it to, free of charge, that it would bless. We'd give it to a homeless person or shelter or hand it down to someone else. And we wouldn't make them pay for it because we don't need the money. And that's kind of an idea, although that's probably a silly illustration. That's kind of the idea of what this victory is in Christ. If you are a, an eternal victor in Jesus Christ, you have joy and treasures coming to you that really the mind cannot comprehend. And so if you do have those things, it can help you live graciously upon the earth. It can help you do some things like Peter is asking us to do, even commanding us to do in First Peter 2, like submit to authority figures. And we talked about in this past Sunday that when you submit to authority figures, you lose out on your rights. And it seems like a very confusing thing why anyone would do that. Why would anyone give up their rights to submit and be subject to the authority figures who oftentimes are evil people? Why would anyone do that? 
And this idea is we find in First Peter is because we're victors. There's this thing in sports too that uh, people use sometimes. You know, I, I remember it growing up, kind of being on the other side of this. Is they have this thing called a mercy rule. At least in baseball, they do where you're playing a team who is just so much better than you. And, uh, you know, baseball games, little league games are supposed to be seven innings or something like that. And I remember a couple games we were just getting blown out. I mean, this team was so much better than us. And the score was like, you know, 17 to zero or 17 to one. And at the end, you know, they have this thing called a mercy rule where it's kind of like, you know, the other team either gets endless at bats to try to catch up or after four innings, you know, it just realizes the game is out of balance and we just call the game because there's no reason to let it go into any, you know, higher digits to embarrass and humiliate the other person. Basketball, they have this too, even in the NBA, even in the pros. Um, if a team is up by 20 or 30 points with like a minute and a half or two minutes left to go, you know, they coast. They take the foot off the gas and they're not trying to embarrass their opponents usually. They're trying to have mercy towards them. So they're going to win the game. They already know that the game is at hand and so they just kind of coast and kind of, you know, have this unwritten rule called the mercy rule, where it's just kind of like, hey, we won. We won the game. We know we're victors. Therefore, you guys, you know, have a couple baskets or you guys will just run out of the clock. Let's just get this thing over with. And that's kind of, in a way, what Peter's talking about, too, saying we're victors. If you're in Christ, you're already a victor. Victory is a certainty if you are building your life upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you're following him and practicing obedience towards him. There's no way that you're going to lose. It's a certainty. God has promised it in so many passages that you're a victor because Christ is a victor. And if we are victors and we are victors in Christ and we have treasures coming and even we have perfect justice coming and God's going to hand it out in his perfect timely fashion and it's going to be perfect justice, perfectly fair. What you and I don't have to do right now is to seek out justice. We don't have to seek out fair treatment. We don't have to seek out treasures on this earth. We can live graciously. We can live as servants of God. We can submit to the magistrates and the rulers of the land because we're going to win. And these people, this is all they have, you know? And we are servants of God. We are servants of the king. We are going to an eternal paradise someday. And we don't have to claw and scratch for things that have no value in eternity. Rights here upon the earth are good only on the earth. But it's better if you give those rights over for the sake of living for Christ, because living for Christ is an eternal treasure. And that's kind of where Peter's going. But the devil, he's, he's crafty, and he likes to make it think that if you're free and if you're a victor, then you're going to live for yourself, because that's what it means to be free, and that's what it means to be a victor. Get whatever your flesh wants whenever your flesh wants it. But he's wrong, because that is not a person who is confident. That is a person who is actually on the other side, who is very insecure. They don't know what they have. They don't have a lot of hope. So they're simply going to live for the simple pleasures and, and treasures upon this earth because they don't know what's beyond this. They don't have any hope that there's something better. But the Christians should have an abundance of hope. We should live for the things that are coming and not the things that are now. So Peter wants us to live as we're free, but not as a cover and cloak for evil, but living as servants of God. And he wants us to be victors, not in a way where we're still trying to get more and more and more upon this earth, but actually the opposite. We're yielding up and we're giving up things that we don't need in eternity. I don't need earthly treasures. I don't need earthly good treatment. What I need is for Christ to be honored. What I need is for my God to be satisfied by the way that I lived. What I need is for me, for my soul, and my body here upon the earth to bless other people. That's what I need. Because that's the purpose I was created. That's the purpose you were created. And that's the thing that actually causes us to invest for all of eternity. So what we need to do is we need to put our shields up to the devil and say you're wrong. 
the kind of freedom you're putting forward, the kind of victory you're putting forward is not real freedom and it's not real victory. If I'm really free, I'll be a servant of God, a willing servant of God. And if I'm a victor, if I have eternal victory coming forever, I don't have to claw and scratch for things that are petty and meaningless in eternity while upon the earth. I can let others have those things. I can yield those things to others. I'm going to live graciously. I'm not going to seek out my better treatment. I'm not going to seek out my rights. I'm going to seek out whatever pleases God and whatever blesses other people. And in that way, that is courage and boldness and confidence. When you could say to the devil, you're wrong, you've lost, I've already won in Christ because of Jesus and what he's done on the cross and by rising from the grave, I am free I don't have to live for my sin any longer. I don't have to try to find and and store up treasures of this earth. I'm going to heaven with my God, and I'm going to live for the things that please him while I'm here. And I hope that we can change our perspective on that today. I hope we can really understand what real freedom is. Because when we live for God, we live for all of eternity. Isn't that real freedom versus the other way? That if we live for our sin and our flesh, we reap eternal destruction. How is that freedom? That's not freedom whatsoever. Freedom is when you give yourself to something fully, you live forever. And that's exactly what God has promised us. When you live my kind of freedom and you have my kind of victory, you will win and you will be free for the rest of eternity. Therefore, Christian, live like a servant now. Be gracious now. Submit and subject yourselves to those who are over you now and prove to this world that you are from another land. Prove to this world that you have a God who is holy and good and prove that there is victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that this blesses you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.